Flyover Politic Vidcast. Today we're going to do our military corner, college crazy, gay shit, and everything is racist. A fun show on our podcast. It'll be different on the video, um, I'm sure, but I wanted to give it a go and just do one of these as our part two for today because I had plenty of stuff. Um, flipping through here will be my favorite a few little videos. This is actually Operation Anaconda. A mission I did in Afghanistan that's some video that a guy took and uh, found it on the internet. thought it was kind of cool. So you hear a little bit of that, a little A-10. It'll be fun. But uh, for those that are uh, familiar with the show, maybe or not familiar with the show, let's say in English, um, we literally would do this almost every week um, as a podcast, and we called it News and Social Media Nuggets. So you would go through uh, the crazy stuff. And the reason why we stopped the crazy stuff uh, that we were finding on college uh, campuses from like campus reform and things like that was that it now became normal. I mean, it was mainstream. You know, all the crazy was what our media was putting out. Which started as a young girl, young African-American girl screaming at a guy at Yale over... Halloween costumes literally turned into every day on our streets. So we really didn't, you know, get to enjoy it. So I wanted to start with this really funny site. And um, God, I hope I bookmarked their channel. Um, Got this for task and purpose. This hilarious new animated short captures the boredom felt by troops everywhere. At the end of the day, we want to make veterans laugh because... The best, it's the best therapy. It's incredibly boring to stand guard duty, outfitted with sandbags, plywood, and plexiglass, and stare off into space for hours on end. Yet somehow, an untold number of troops deployed overseas have been able to endure it, mostly due to security and combat zones being important, and well, orders are orders, but also because they're able to entertain themselves. Some of the world's weirdest conversations happen inside a guard tower uh, of forward operating troops. The walls of security posts were often than not feature crude artwork or phrases you'd often see on the walls of a portable toilet. And in between radio checks and reports to the sergeants of the guard, service members are usually doing whatever they can to get their minds occupied, but throwing rocks to coming up with games that few civilians could possibly understand. It's against this backdrop that we can approach a new six-minute animated short from Terminal Lance creator Maximus Uranta in which he reveals the incredibly dull day-to-day reality of standing posts and plenty of laughs along the way. On New Year's Day, Uranda released the first and what he hopes will eventually be full series of animated short films named Simply Post. This is a super visual story, he says. 
He now lives in Los Angeles after leaving the Marines in 2010 to pursue an animation career and expand his usually popular comic strip. There's no dialogue. The characters in Post Buck and Chuck mostly speak in unintelligible Marine Corps idioms, er, uh, rah, rah, but that's no barrier to understanding what's going on. The first episode, called Frag Out, we meet Buck and Chuck in a post that could be anywhere, but it modeled after those found in Iraq and Afghanistan, and from there we watch as the boredom set in, with one character wielding a water bottle lightsaber and another deciding to play with the grenade. So, I'm going to post a very short portion of this, and once again, this is not my work. I just love military stuff. You can find it on YouTube, Post Animation, P-O-S-T Animation, and I'm subscribed to it. I think this is pretty funny. Once again, uh, anybody who knows me, uh, I think it's right there. Problem solved, problem, problem solved, problem staying solved was my motto, action figure therapy. But like so many things in our world, it was super funny and it wasn't really political. And then Trump happened and they became super liberal and told all their followers that they're pieces of fucking shit. And they went from like a million subscribers to 250,000, and now they don't put anything out anymore. So I don't even watch it. Um, it's kind of sad. It's really funny. To story, Senate report, Obama Treasury Department approved request to pay group that funded terrorist activities. We surprised by this? We surprised we find out about this, you know, four years after he's out of office? Yeah, why would we? Report released by Senate Finance Committee Chairman Chuck Grassley feels in an office when the Obama administration Treasury Department called for the Office of Foreign Asset Control, granted a nonprofit group request for a license to pay an organization sanctioned for funding terrorist activities. Grassley's staff investigated World Vision, a nonprofit humanitarian organization, and its relationship with Islamic Relief Agency, ISRA, which has been sanctioned by the United States since 2004 for funding OBL. It brings me to a story that we've never gotten to the bottom of because Republicans don't care. Nobody really seems to care about it. God, that A-10 sexy, isn't it? I'm seeing it out of the corner of my eye. Um, the whole lone survivor thing. And this article was actually on U.S. News. Obama put a target on their back, SEAL Team 6 family says. Do you know... There were bullshit investigations on how they knew that they were coming and they blew that helicopter out the sky, but we never found out why. And if you want to play fuck, fuck, goose with everything, the first thing that happened in the Trump administration was an ambush in Africa. They called it his Benghazi and they investigated. So just make sure you remember that. That's what we're going into. We will have troops on the ground in Syria. We'll start bringing home body bags. But we won't have outrage. 
because people are intellectually dishonest. First female Green Beret faces minor misdemeanor charge for accidentally firing a gun. Now, you've heard my theory on all this. I could give a fuck if you're a unic as you do your job. But there is no accidentally firing your gun off duty. It's a negligent, negligent discharge. You would be off the teams if you were male. She will not. And that's the problem with this whole lefty, let's make everybody be able to do whatever, lower standards, get females, trannies, gay people. Once again, I don't have a problem with any of it. I had gay guys in my platoon. I didn't fucking care. They did their job. But you can't change the standards. And I will bet you a dollar to a donut, nothing will happen to her. Because she's a female. And the politics, which goes back to... What standard? What double standard? What are we talking about? After stonewalling claims, Biden team to consult with top generals overseas. This is from military.com. The Pentagon has set up interviews this week between President-elect Joe Biden's defense policy team and U.S. commanders in Afghanistan, Africa, and South Korea. The move comes after Biden claimed that the Trump administration was stonewalling the transition process. And what most of this will mean for those on the ground, you're not coming home. We're not leaving anywhere. They will keep a foreign president presence across the board. And it's just hypocritical because these people weren't for any of these wars. But then when Trump wasn't for the wars, they're for the wars. And nobody wants to call them out. Alwyn Cash, Medal of Honor package, is heading to the White House. This is really one that should have been done a long time ago. A legendary Sergeant First Class who gave his life to pull fellow soldiers out of a burning vehicle in Iraq 15 years ago has been approved by the Defense Department to receive the military's highest combat award, a close family member said. Kaslin White told Military.com she got a call from the Pentagon. Formal request has been made by DOD to award the Medal of Honor to her brother, Alwyn Cash. We've heard that the official request has been made, and it's long Overdue. For those who don't know, he was in Samara, Iraq on October 17, 2005, when his Bradley fighting vehicle hit an improvised explosive device, punctured a fuel tank, drenched in fuel. Cash nonetheless returned to the burning vehicle again and again, pulling out six soldiers. He would die November 8 from the burns he sustained. But this is during the time when they just weren't giving out. It's been flipped all over the place as a racial thing. Really, the fact of the matter is, we weren't doing Congressional Medal of Honors. It just wasn't happening. This war was very odd. Uh, it's the longest war we've ever had. The flu amount, few, fewest amount of awards have been issued for it. But in my case, trying to get a silver star for a guy who truly deserved a silver star, it was a brick wall. They just didn't want to give out awards. Mm. Unless you're a tank commander. Then the people that went on Baghdad run, every captain got one. Every company commander got a Silver Star. It was like that in a uh, Hala MRE. We got that together. Top 10, t- top 10 military news stories for 2020. The best defense futurists in the business could not have predicted that the biggest threat to the U.S. military in 2020 would not be a rising Chinese superpower or rogue state, but a Novil virus menacing through the sideline of aircraft carrier and stop training in the tracks. That's 2020. Here are the top 10. 
briefing on brink of war with Iran, briefly on the brink of war with Iran, COVID-19, racial reckoning, murder and crisis at Fort Hood, which was horrible, quest for 500 ships, purge of military leaders, race to leave Afghanistan and Iraq, VA tarnished and sexual assault investigation, milestone and better gear for female war fighters, and Space Force lifts off. Those were the top 10. Task and purpose as we salute the unsung heroes of 2020, the heroic, the badass, and the belligerent. So, we'll go through here and see who are their badassery. For the badassery of 2020, U.S. Air Force Chief, Chief who smoked turkeys and brought rock stars for his airmen when the commissary ran out. The USS Indiana for flying this badass battle flag on the way back to port. The badass Coastie open fired on friggin' Shark. The guy who turned his riding lawnmower into a tank named COVID Killer. The dude for being the coolest military working dog ever. The Army crew who named their howitzer Coronavirus. The USS America for rocking a Captain American flag at sea. The Air Force girlfriend with the Burt jacket at an A-10 homecoming. I remember that picture. The Air Force tech sergeant who moonlights as Star Wars bounty hunter for charity. The airman created an outrageously realistic Iron Man suit. The Australian Navy for executing an emergency beer run amid the country's devastating brush fire. And the all-woman Air Force team that crushed a weapons loading competition dressed as Rosie the Riveter. Heroism. I don't think I'm special, says Marine, who rescued a baby from a burning car. Special Forces doctor awarded for saving lives despite his own injury following a motorcycle accident. I knew I needed to be do something. Airmen awarded for brave rocket fire to treat wounded during Camp Taji attack. The Marine who saved an elderly woman's life as she was bitten by a Habu Viper. That's scary. Marine Corps infantryman who rescued an infant from a burning car. The Army medic who performed CPR on a stranger at Walmart. These Marines saved the lives of a woman trapped underneath a car. The Army Blackhawk crew saved a child from a hurricane. Uh, this Marine vet caught a three-year-old who was dropped from burning building. I remember that one. That was really, really good. The Army recruiters saved two people in Alaska, and a Marine rushed to aid of a motorcycle accident. The belligerent. Meet veteran with a sign. The Marine grunter became a meme philosopher. The airman who went full Ricky Bobby on the flight line in Saudi Arabia. These airmen marched across a C-17 while dressed as minions from Despicable Me. That was so fucking annoying. I hated it. uh, An army crew that named their tank Barbie Dreamhouse. Really? A different army crew named their Crippling Depression. (laughs) Okay, that's more like Whoever made Steve Carell head of Space Force, the Air Force Museum, these mustache A-10s and their pilots, and the Army crew that named their tank Baby Yoda. Yeah, whatever. Go get fucked. Uh, for new stuff, and there's not a lot of new stuff for tech, because we haven't done this in a long time. We were talking about the helicopters, new guns, things like that. The Army's new super gun absolutely wrecks a target for 43 miles. That freaking thing is badass. It's the HTBX. Then there's a laser going to be attached to freaking strikers, and I just can't. The Pentagon has six months to disclose what it knows for UFOs, and that's a thing in this whole 2020 that I never saw coming. But what I did see coming, all right, 
is military.com, task and purpose. We are the brave. Almost every military site in prep for Biden becoming president has at least 10 articles of how to add a focus to your veteran skill set and other resume stuff. It's a sign of the time. Whenever Democrats take over, we do more conflicts with less soldiers. Which brings us to College Crazy, and this is from College Reform, or Campus Reform, excuse me, uh, students talking about the free college stuff. It'll surprise you. All I want to do is this. I just want to find uh, 11,780 votes, which is one more than we have. Have they moved the inner parts of the machines and replaced them with other parts? No. 11,780. You know, that's another one of those incidents that I just look at and just go, are you fucking shitting me? Are you fucking shitting me? Uh, That came from Pink News. They thought they were really cool, and it was uh, really big for them, and they were giggling and going crazy, and I, you know, once again, I, I... I, I don't understand what's the difference between that and all of the other fucking shit Obama did. But, you know, that's just me. That's that's just me. So, in our gay shit, which I call it gay shit because this is the crazy intersectionality stuff that usually flips back on itself. Here's our stories. Elliot Page, formerly Ellen Thanks, fan, after coming out as transgender. And she has decided to no longer be a lesbian. She is transgender now. And she, she's got like a hoodie on. I got. From the bottom of my heart, thank you. Your love and support is the greatest gift. Stay safe. Be there for each other. Fans on the page, Instagram, expressed an outpouring of support. You rule so hard. Happy holidays, bud. You're looking awesome, dude. What is he... Why is he so fucking hot? Hi, friends. I want to share with you that I'm trans. My pronouns are he, they. For the record, mine are it and that. Because a lot of people say, what is that? It is fat. It works. Um, I feel lucky to be riding this, to be here, to have ride to this place, to my life. I feel overly gratitude, blah, blah, blah. Shut the fuck up. It's more virtue signaling. Um, why do I cover it? In the scheme of things, I don't really give a fuck, but it became a thing because it was okay to call somebody a, you know, when they released a bunch of intel on the Obama administration, they were a fucking traitor. But when they became, what's her name now? Betty Manning or... I don't know, Bradley Manning became a chick and got a free uh, sex change on our dime, they became a hero. And with this person, Ellen Page, she ran a series, Gay in America, A Gay Vacation, or I don't fucking know what it was, it was on Netflix, which pushes all the gay stuff. And when she went to the South, she didn't appear in the video. And there's a reason why she didn't appear in the video, because what she found was the South wasn't homophobic. 
They interviewed uh, gay grandmas at church. But it went against the agenda that everybody down here in these red states are homophobe, transphobe, phobiphobes. She never showed her face. She made her best friend, a gay dude, do the whole show. And ever since then, I've been on her like white on rice and paper plate in a snowstorm. You're just a fucking waffle. Other things, future transportation secretary Pete Buttleg says we must put millions of new cars, electric type, on the road. I'm going to cover a lot about this because Richard Gunnell is gay, but he's the wrong type of gay. So the gay crowd on Pink News, The Advocate, they're losing their shit over the first gay cabinet member, but just like women, you condemn every other one. Hot idea to find loneliness. Recreate what's good about church and sex positive community service club. One of the words thrown around a lot in 2020 was incel, short of involuntary celibate. These were straight guys were angry and sometimes turned that anger into action because they weren't any nice girls to pay them attention. Joker, very unfairly, was branded a film for incels with one blue check noting that even though the film received 11 Oscar nominations, incels were still going to spend the night screaming into their Xboxes because girls don't want nice guys. Here's a guy who's wondering if there isn't some way that society could get involved in helping the lonely. Noah Telabagopa. Tagala, whatever the fuck. At Noah Pinion. P-I-N-I-O-N. Society doesn't own you a girlfriend, but I do believe that society has an obligation to at least try to help the bulk of its people from health, romantic relationships. I believe this belief doesn't make them the joker. Kathy Rosenowitz, CEO of Sex and the State, has some ideas. Here's, here are a few non-reactionary ideas for loneliness. Recreate what's good about church and other orgs. Turn play party groups into a sex plex community service club. Volunteer with low-income sex workers. Organize for sex plus candidates. Clear non-dischargeable member duties. Encourage stable family formations by expanding the idea of family and making it more modern and flexible. Lest we don't need fathers. More fathers doesn't necessarily mean breadwinners or male or singular Focus more on stability of family and less on rigid ideas of makeup. Build more housing in high-growth, job-rich cities. Stop stigmatizing sex. Replace all government wealth transfers with a UBI. Most Americans don't get married until their basic income needs are met. Poverty is a leading cause of divorce. A stable economic foundation is the basis of and a requirement for a stable family and community. And I wanted to cover, because once again... Invariably, with the LGBTQ plus EIEIO crowd, the first thing they do is attack religion. They just attack religion and say something about religion. Secondly, she's not the first with this family structure, change it. Yet BLM and our media want to get rid of the nuclear family. They want it gone. And that's that circular liberal logic. I mean, you can't have it both ways. 
Lesbian athletes demand Ninth Circuit allow boys to crush girls in competition in Idaho. The Washington Blade chief political White House correspondent Chris Johnson swerved way out of his swamp lane to write about the brief stating. Benefits of sports extend to all aspects of school and throughout life, but those benefits are diminished when some athletes are excluded because who they are. Amica's experiences in sports and in life are a testament to the value of inclusion in building powerful teams and social, societal, and business institution. Here's the problem. It's not about excluding them from sports. It's making them compete in the sport they're supposed to be in. NBC News this week, all of a sudden, and it was taken down, realized there's a difference. While many... Oh, I'm reading the wrong one. There it is. Sorry. A new study suggests transgender women maintain an athletic advantage over their cisgender peers even after a year of hormone therapy. Ben Shapiro, wait, you mean that biological men retain competitive advantage in sports over biological women even after taking injections? That's just freaking crazy and the entire world went just crazy on this because no fucking shit, Batman. Dudes with the twigs and berries are going to run faster than girls. Less twigs and berries. Branson Taylor, biological men are stronger than biological women. My God, hold the fucking phone. This is just so very shocking. This will flip the science community on its head. And, and you know, you spend all your time talking about this fucking science shit. And you motherfuckers haven't fucking learned biology yet. Same time, NBC, while many straight actors have been praised by their performance in LGBTQ roles, some argue only queer actors have the authenticity to bring these parts to life. James Corden, performance in The Prom, condemned as homophobic. Because now we're, in, we're, we're that, we're just taking and just, just breaking it down to the percentile of wokeness. In early December, Netflix dropped its highly anticipated musical comedy, The Prom, starring Meryl Streep, Nicole Kidman, and a bunch of other shitty actors. James Corden is fading Broadway star who set out to help a lesbian teen take her girlfriend to the prom. The film, helmed by out director Ryan Murphy, got mixed reviews, but some bastard as homophobic and offensive because of a casting of Corden, a straight guy. And what they saw as a aggressively flamboyant character of gay man. Kevin McCardle, I could care less. Mr. Sir, how about this crazy idea? They have auditions and the one that kills it gets the part. Nah. No, we're not going down with that. That, that just, no. Can't do it. Harvard Medical School tweet referred to biological females as birthing people. Harvard Medical Global ethnic minority pregnant and birthing people suffer worse outcomes and experiences during and after pregnancy and childbirth. These inequities have been further highlighted by COVID-19. Watch this panel discussion. On this panel, there are two dudes. It's like me with a wig. You're not birthing. 
If you can push an eight-pound baby out your dick, I want to fucking watch. That sounds crude, but that'd be a miracle. Because it's not happening. It's called biology. The next one, the webinar panelist used the term birthing person to include those who identify as non-binary or transgender because not all who give birth identities as women or girls. We understand the reaction to this terminology in no way meant for it to erase or dehumanize women. There's a million articles. Some of the replies. An article like this, that, or why, when science is quoted specifically, science like that, that is not science, or is it factual? And it's exactly my point. I mean, come on. The Parnius science believes gender is a construct, but you're sexist. I mean, you don't do everything else. Hillary, or Hillary, what's the difference? Fucking, fucking, what's her name? The vice president, Harris. Get a lawyer. Megan Kelly weighs in on a lawsuit over workshops requiring school children to profess their gender identities. This is that one from a couple months ago. Lawsuit filed today against education agencies, teachers, principals, and CEO responsible for hosting workshop requiring children to make a public profession about their racial, sexual, gender, and religious identities, some of which were singled out for interrogation. Educators directed the plaintiff to reveal his identities in controlled yet non-private setting to scrutiny and official labeling and are coercing him to accept and affirm politicized and discriminatory principles and statements that he cannot in conscience affirm. The educators repeatedly threatened William Clark with material harm, or, yeah, material harm including a failing grade and non-graduation if he failed to comply with the requirements. <clears throat> Plaintiffs claimed that the educators coercive and intrusive behavior compelled William Clark's projected speech and invaded his privacy, violating his constitutional right on the First Amendment and his due process under the 14th. The new curriculum based on critical race theory and intersectionality was done stealthily. The generic name and syllabi provided to parents remain the same. Parents were not made aware of the ideological turn in the curriculum. The new educational sessions were not descriptive or informational, but were normative and prescriptive. Parents were not aware of the turn towards coercive ideological indoctrination until they began seeing the detrimental effect upon their children. The teacher's material started who qualified as oppressors and who is virtue of their gender and race harbored inherent belief and inferiority of others, which assigned moral attributes to pupil based on their race, gender, sexual orientation, and religion. Plaintiff was obliged to profess himself and complicit in internalized privilege, which included acceptance of belief and inherent inferiority of the corresponding oppressed group and supporting the inherent superiority of normalcy of one's own privilege group. The education agency Democracy Prep encouraged radical activism against existing school policies. The plaintiff's student, William Clark, has suffered severe mental and emotional stress resulting from the hostile environment and living in fear of retaliation. To my knowledge, this is the first lawsuit of its kind. Keep a close eye on it. What follows is a selection of the class material that the children are exposed to and expected to believe without questioning. <clears throat> the four eyes of oppression, institutional, ideological, interpersonal, and internal false wage gap statistics claiming women get paid less for doing the same job is impossible for non-whites to be racist. Let's just look at some of these because this fucking shit just steams my fucking broccoli. 
Here we go. Internalize. The type of oppression works within a group who suffer the most from the mistreatment. Oppressed people internalize the ideology. They see it reflected in the institution. They experience disrespect interpersonally. And they eventually come to internalize a negative message. Internalized privilege. Internalized privilege includes acceptance of a belief in the inherent inferiority of an oppressed group as well as the inherent superiority of normalcy of one's own group. Which you can say you don't, but you're white, so shut up. Institutional examples. When a woman makes two-thirds of what a man makes, that's a lie. It's That's just a fucking lie. I'm not even going to break it down here. When one out of every four black young men is currently in jail, don't break the fucking law. When psychiatric institutions and association diagnose transgender people who have mental disorder, it's gender dysphoria, you fucktards. Institutional, the idea that one group is better. This fucking shit. Ugh. Oh, let me read some more. Uh, one of the other slides here. Sorry, I should have this open first, but I didn't. Um... They break down the gender wage gap to kids. Ideological. At the core of any oppressed system, there is the idea that one group is somehow better than another. In order to create this hierarchy, there has been to be a measuring system that labels what makes the one group inherently better than the other. Dominant group characteristic. More intelligent, hardworking, stronger, more capable, more noble, more deserving, more advanced, chosen, normal, superior. Submissive. Stupid, lazy, yeah, nobody says that. Reverse racism doesn't exist. Side-ish note. Oppressive attitudes and behaviors are backed up by institutional arrangements. Sure, people of color can have prejudice against white people. However, these prejudices are severely punished. Police, courts, or gang of white people will come crashing down. What the? These are kids. The reverse is not the same. Therefore, the oppressed groups do not have the power to enforce prejudice. Really? They just took over every city in the country. Real life interpersonal oppression. Interpersonal oppress, uh, racism is what white people do to people of color close up. The racist jokes, stereotypes, beatings and harassment threats. Sexism. The sexual abuse, violence, the belittling or ignoring of women's thinking, the sexist jokes. Uh, that's it. We're done. Uh, I, yeah, I'm done. Nets uninterested in California ruling to release sex offenders and pedophiles. California goes soft on sex offenders. The proposition provides no indication that the voters intended to exclude from parole consideration an inmate sex offense when the inmate was convicted of a non-violent fucking felony. That's all over the fucking place. Then we have this article. The anti-porn religious lobby just destroyed the livelihoods of thousands of pornographers. This is in response to Pornhub having to crack down, and we covered it on the podcast, for minors. But remember, minor attracted person will be something you hear in the next four years. They want it under the LGBTQ EIEIO cabal that it's not a disease. There's nothing wrong with ogling little kids. USA Today frets over Hollywood LGBT casting dilemma. Another article based on the same. And last but not least, 
I won't play it because I don't want to get suspended. It's a Facebook. Bearded woman embraces her facial hair. She's not a woman. That's a fucking dude. Two, everything is racist. You are part of a political earthquake. Your victory last night, early this morning, makes you the first black Democrat, Democratic senator from the state of Georgia. Please tell me what this moment means to you. How did this happen? Because many people thought this was not possible. It was a very nasty at times campaign, very rough and tumble. Was it Stacey Abrams? Was it the black turnout? Some people are saying this morning, thank you, President Trump, for being President Trump. How are you going to be able to reach across party lines as a pastor? And why do you want to get involved right now at this time? Will you still preach on Sundays? Oh, absolutely. The history of what's happening this morning is not at all lost on Senator-elect Warnock, who becomes only the 11th black U.S. senator ever and is being sent to Washington from the Deep South. The kind spirit of Dr. Martin Luther King that lives on in his church also lives on in this moment. First black senator ever from the state of Georgia. What does that say to you about your state and our country? What do you think made the difference? And is Georgia now officially a red state? Excuse me, a blue state, a blue state. <laughs> you know, it was fascinating to see in Georgia. One of the things we talked about was strategy earlier. The reason that you had this turnout the way it was is that one of the strategies they employed was attacking the black church. Yeah. Like, you can't do that in the well, South. Uh, Bakari, so, you can't do it, especially when it is Dr. Martin Luther King Jr.'s church. The guy is well, the pastor I mean, it and was John a, Lewis. It was a, but, but Raphael Warnock had to thread an incredible, ne a, yeah. incredible needle because they tried to make him a radical Negro. That was the plan, and it didn't work. It backfired. And I think you also saw from the Republican Party a terrible candidate in Kelly Loeffler, somebody who was quite lazy in terms of how she ran. She essentially thought, I can run against Raphael Warnock, uh, who is a minister, the pastor of one of the most legendary uh, churches in all of America. She thought she could run against him uh, as a scary black man, a radical socialist, uh, and cling to Donald Trump. And that would be enough. She wasn't offering voters uh, much of anything beyond that. And we saw that backfire uh, terribly and really awaken uh, the black church, right? One of the most powerful organizing institutions uh, this country has ever seen. If you think about uh, their primary involvement, their primary organizing, uh, you know, strategy around the civil rights. Here we have in the state of Georgia, um, a state uh, that uh, the, the, deep in the heart of, of, of the old Confederacy, a state that voted to elect America's first black vice president in November, and a state that just voted uh, to elect the Democratic Party's first black senator. Uh, what does that mean about where this country is after four years of Donald Trump? It means that this country has really come back unto showing that we're not going backwards to the days of legal apartheid or segregation and divisiveness. That I want to thank Donald Trump for being Donald Trump, because if he had not been acting in the asinine way he had, I do not believe we would have had the victory in Georgia. The, the fact that he is so bullheaded and stubborn, I think that he has aided and abetted the takeover of 
uh, the Democrats of the Senate, at least to match them 50-50 with a tie vote to the first black woman and the first woman vice president. No one could have messed it up like you did, Mr. President. And we're going to be ever grateful for you going out and ushering in a new day in America that brings us back to where we ought to be. That's me if I was as jiggy as I'm going to get. I had to play it, man. I I can't make a video of it because my program doesn't let you do audio. Because I wanted to put it on the background of this. Because it's still my favorite funny freaking thing that I do. So, anyway. After I get off of that, let's go back into this. And that, of course, is all the racial implications of fucking everything on the goddamn planet. So we're going to do this one slow to begin. And then we'll get into the big daddy. And yes, are you losing the debate? Shout racist. That's that's why this section's here. I'm not a racist. I'm not part of the KKK. But when you say milk's racist... You gotta lose the argument. Is our children is our children learning? I don't know why they'll title that. Seattle Public School forcing white teachers to down for their privilege. And this is a good one. This is one of the best ones. This threat is absolutely insane. Christopher Rufo. Seattle Public School tell teachers that the education system is guilty of wait for it. Spirit murder! Let me say it right. Spirit murder! I mean, it'd be spirit murder! Woo! Against black children, their white teachers must bankrupt their privilege and acknowledgement of their thieved inheritance. I'm not going to break it down slide by slide because we just did one of these. I'll just do a couple. This, this, this is good shit. We would like to acknowledge that we are the on the ancestral lands of traditional territories of the Puget Sound Coast Salish people. We have always been indigenous people in the spaces we call home, and there always will be. Kenyan Sayers Roods, a Mutsun Olon activist. We want to recognize the United States was built off the stolen labor of kidnapped African and enslaved black people's work, which created the profit that created our nation. BLM at school. It's it's real. Not a conspiracy. We also recognize the brown labor currently happening in California across the country. They're working under terrible air quality conditions with wildfire. And I'm done. That's it. Crazy fucking only black people or BIPOC are affected by climate change. Which is super fucking racist because you're saying they don't drive a car? They don't have electricity? Really? Who's the fucking racist now? Woke restrict chain touts their commitment to diverse inclusion. GABA! It's a Mediterranean restaurant. 
Your continued support has helped us make strides to better our organization and the communities we serve. In such a challenging year, we couldn't achieve any of it without you. We look forward to continuing this work and welcoming you to our table. Diversity matters in the workforce and beyond. We made strides to make GABA a diverse, inclusive workplace. Remain committed to expanding of the following. Ethnic diversity of all team members. And, and this is coming to a theater near you. 45% Hispanic, 21% white, 14% black, 9% other, 8% native, Hawaiian, other Pacific, 3% Asian. When no whites work at CAV, I guess there'll be a great deal of social justice. I will never shop at a place like that. <clears throat> I just won't. If that's how you look at hiring, get the fuck out of here. The professor who advocated $12 trillion for preparation launches an equity, an equity student minor, and this is at Duke University. I don't have any kids anymore. And then our media decide to intersectionally the fuck out. Olivia Newsy for New York Mag, the group portrait series. We documented a few reporters who have covered the Trump administration. Caitlin Collins, Weja, April D. Ryan, Philip Rucker, Yamichi, John Carl, Ante Kumar, and Chris Gunn took the photo. Most of these correspondents have covered administrations since day one have been on the receiving end of offensive or hostile remark. Trump refused, appeared especially short when he aired with women, notably women of color, and I'm done. Everyone in that photo, everyone in that photo is not a journalist, they're activists. Trump may be a douche nozzle, but you, you lit the fuse. You purposely went in there to get your sweet, sweet Twitter cred by tossing a grenade on the fucking gas can that was Trump. To fund the police group, donor Mackenzie Scott named Philanthropist of the Year. Supporting a leftist group that advocates defunding the police apparently wasn't a red flag for liberal media outlet philanthropy. Philanthropist of the Year. At least that's the message that IP sent when they named Amazon CEO Jeff Bezos, liberal billionaire ex-wife Mackenzie Scott they're champion, and maybe that's why all these businesses are going fucking crazy. I I don't know. I I just don't know. Which brings us to our big daddy, Jacob Blake, NBC News, Ben Crump, and Coke Council release statement. We feel this decision failed not only Jacob and his family. But the community that protested and demanded justice. You did not demand justice. You fucking people. Oh, I just don't know. Here's the district attorney.
August 23, 2020, 17, 10, 35. Fine. I'm willing to take that risk. Yes, um, I need the officer to 2805 40 Street, Unit D. 28054 Street, letter D as in David. Yep, letter D as in David. Jacob Blake is here and he has the keys to a rental that I purchased that I need to take back and he's not trying to release it. And on top of that, he's not supposed to be here. Today is his son's birthday, so I allow him to spend a couple hours with him, but he's not giving me the keys to this rental. And that's all I'm asking for. I never would have called you guys. I promise you I tried to keep from calling you guys. He's crashed numerous of my vehicles in the past, and I literally just bought one, like yesterday. And so just because he heard some false information, he's not willing to give me the keys to this car that doesn't even belong to me. Me and my sister just saw him skirt off in it and turn around and come back. So I need you guys to come in. I need these seats. Okay, what is your name? My name is LaQuisha Booker. Go ahead and tell the girls that. Go ahead and tell them that. Do not put your shoes on. The police are on their way here. Yes, it is. Do not put your shoes on, Israel. Go okay. back to is that You didn't even want to go outside. Is Jacob there right now? Yes, and he's about. He's trying to kiss his kids so he can hurry up and leave. After he, he was here just talking all types of crazy, and now he's walking off now. Now he's getting ready to leave. Well, let me get the license plate. Okay, and is he white, black, Hispanic? Hold on, let me get the license plate number. He's kissing the rest of his kids. Uh, it's IVJ935. I is in Ida, Z is in Zebra, J is in John. No, IVJ935. Good luck. V like V as in Victor? Yeah, V as in Victor. Okay. And he's probably about to go crashing. He's pulling off right now. IVJ935. What state is it out of? Shut the fuck up, bitch! August 23, 2020, 17, 12, 59. August 23, 2020, 17, 11, 27. Clear 618 family trouble. 618 707. Isn't supposed to be there, and he took the complainant's keys and refuse, is refusing to give them back. Okay. 707. Just for 43, we have a alert at this address for 99 for that subject. Okay. 707.
Of course, that went over like a turd in a punch bowl. Remember CNN and Chiron in August said protesters fiery but peaceful? That was Kenosha and flames the background during the riots in the wake of shooting a police of Jacob Blake. Learning Tuesday afternoon that none of the officers will be charged. Police officers won't be charged in the shooting of Jacob Blake, an unarmed man who was shot seven times in the back. Clearly, he wasn't unarmed. Kenosha DA said he decided Officer Rustin Schelke, who is white, was justified in shooting and left Jacob Blake, a man wanted on a felony warrant, paralyzed in the waist down. Kenosha cop was shot. Jacob Blake will not be charged. Jack Probosek. Hi, PBS NewsHour. Why are you falsely claiming Jacob Blake was killed? January 5th, Kenosha DA announces charges of officers who killed Jacob Blake. Facts don't matter. Malika Andrews, in the wake of the shooting of Jacob Blake, NBA players led the Milwaukee Bucks elected not to play in several games in protest. Today, the Kenosha County District Attorney announced there will be no charges filed against law enforcement involved. There's a whole thing calling for NFL to boycott. Um, Post reporters, let me see, uh, says, incontrovertible Jacob Blake, the New York Times, Julie Bozeman reported that Blake admitted that he had a knife in his possession. Agents recovered a knife from the driver's side floorboard. Post reporters have closed report on the ensuing riots generated by this low information headline remotely. Breaking, 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 losing their minds, getting pissed, getting upset. Which brings us to the crackdown on freaking social media. I don't know why I want to keep looking left when the camera's here. Uh, it's been a long recording. Police officers won't be charged with shooting Jacob Blake, an unarmed black man. And the whole world said, isn't this fake news? He was armed. But that's how it all works. Tariq Nasid. Hello, Toyota SoCal. Is Roy Ball still one of your employees? The man who is grabbing the victim from behind and pinning her arms to her side while she gets pepper sprayed is Roy Ball, who worked as a rep at Toyota of West Covina. He got fired. Toyota fired him. Tariq Nasid, a race hustler, Thank you. Here's the story. I'll just play it. Let me pause this music. And we're just going to play the actual words of the woman. So it wasn't the guy giving me a bear hug. That guy, I call him my hero. Because that guy picked me up, was whispering in my ear, telling me, go in. You're okay. I got you. I have your phone. You're okay. I'm going to get you out of here. These people are trying to kill you. These people are trying to kill you. All I can hear is just him going, calm down. Don't move. It's okay. These people are trying to kill you. We have to get you out of here. We have to get you out of here. So yeah, why do we want facts? Facts are fucking sticky things that get in the way. Liz Finnegan, according to her own words, he was helping her. It's none of our not none of our place to speak for, especially over the victim. Drink the seed. Why are you making excuses for violent suspected white supremacists? Here is a footage of Roy Ball appeared to be with a group of suspected white supremacists. Suspected. I'm not even break this shit down. It's always they're just white, so of course they're white supremacists. But when the facts get in the way, Dude doesn't bring his knife back. It's no different than this. Man brings gun to store to enforce mask appliance in a gym before he had to be tackled. That wasn't news. 
New California COVID orders. Residents can't travel no more than 120 miles from their homes. What if people commute to work? That ain't news. What is news? Obese is the new thin. Cosmo Man claims that fat women are healthy too. But every time they show it, it's black people. And it all comes to that Lizza girl. Lizza. I, I, I just... I don't understand. It's like we talk about all this is so horrible and fake news and Trump and this and that. But I can list a billion fake news stories that the left went with. And then they burned shit. So what I'm trying to get is a soundbite of where our future's going. So I'm going to pause, and then I'm going to try to record a Tucker Carlson segment that I can't get, because as, as of last night, you couldn't search Tucker Carlson tonight. It wouldn't bring up anything. And the show was over when I did it. And I have a guy that I pay five bucks a month to get a full copy of it, but he didn't do it last night. So being it's a YouTube show, being no, 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 I'm trying to get it. So hold one, but we'll be right back. A civil right is universal. When civil rights apply only to some people, whether it's the people with the right politics or gender or skin color, they're not civil rights. They're, <laughs> they're meaningless, actually. Many, many Democrats no longer believe that, though. The insurrection talk? <laughs> All a pretext to change the definition of the term civil rights. In less than two weeks, Democrats will have complete control of the federal government. Joe Biden will be the president. Where does he stand on civil rights? We got some clarity on that question this week. You probably missed it during all of the overheated coverage of the last 24 hours. But Joe Biden has appointed a woman called Kristen Clark to run the DOJ's civil rights division. Now, you may not have heard that name. You'll hear it soon. We'll sum it up this way. Appointing Kristen Clark to head the civil rights division is like heading, hiring Beto O'Rourke to lead the NRA. Christian Clark doesn't believe in civil rights. She believes in identity politics. In March 2018, we interviewed her, and she admitted that on the air. Watch. We want people who are qualified and experienced, especially at the helm of our nation's most important federal agencies. Oh. But we also need to make sure that those agencies reflect the growing diversity of our country. And I'm not just talking about racial diversity. I'm talking about gender diversity and ethnic uh -huh. diversity. And ev at every turn with this administration, we've seen efforts to turn the clock back. Do you think that airlines should apply the same diversity rules you're calling for here? That they shouldn't take the people who score the highest on the pilot tests, but that they should hire also on appearance, the way people look. Every workplace, whether you're talking oh, so about pilots airlines to heart or federal too? agencies, should hire the best, but should place a premium on diversity. And but Secretary which is more important, Zinke's, the way that you look or what you do, what you're capable of doing? So like when you're flying a plane, how important is it what you look like, your incredibly appearance? Incredibly important. And it's also appearance important that we have, important. it's also important that we place a premium on diversity. And the fact that we have but people diversity in means administration. Appearance. It means what you look like. No, You're no, talking no. about the shallowest possible criterion. No, it's, no, it's no. your, it's your, literally your shade. That's what you're saying. If you mean like diversity of skills, I'm totally with you. But when you were little, did you ever think you'd be arguing to judge people primarily on how they look? 
You know, I'm talking about gender diversity. I'm talking about racial diversity, Tucker. Okay, 89% of President signs. Trump's judicial nominees have been um, white male. Nine, uh, but are they been bad? White male. <laughs> many of them are horrible. You're speaking a foreign like, language to me. Oh, they're bad because of their skin color. You really would have to have gone to Choate and Harvard to have ideas like that. Of course, she did. Quite an impressed person. Choate and Harvard. So she cares about racial diversity. In fact, she cares about it so much she wants to penalize Asian and white applicants in college admissions. We're not making that up. This is civil rights, according to Kristen Clark. If you have the wrong skin color, you don't get into college. She will end the DOJ's lawsuit against Yale University over its openly racist admissions practices if you are Asian or white, maybe South Asian too. Your civil rights are not as important to the head of the DOJ's new civil rights division. That sounds a little backward to you. You should know that Kristen Clark is not stopping there. She also thinks identification cards are racist, but only in certain situations. So if you buy a gun, of course you have to show ID. That's not racist. But if you want to vote, you shouldn't be allowed to be forced to show ID because that's racist. In September of 2017, she explained the reasoning behind this on this show. Are there really millions of people who don't have photo ID? And you know the answer is no, there aren't. Because there, there can't be. There are 600,000 people who don't have a conceal and carry permit or okay, passport people have a driver's or driver's license, license or a passport or else they can't there, live in this country. Tucker, so here's my question. Are, is, is it racist to require a photo ID to get a job or stay in a hotel or buy no, a gun or fly no, on a plane? No. So why but is it racist right to ask to when vote, you vote? The right to vote is the most important right in our democracy. And we know, don't need to erect the, no, hurdles no. and barriers that make it harder for ordinary Americans to vote. Peter Kirsten now. That to me is what's wrong with intersectional. I mean, I'm all for helping people who are poor. I got it. The racist stuff, white supremacist groups, I got that. But when you're going to start just basically hiring people because of what they look like, two standards. Because you're simultaneously talking about how blacks are getting stepped on and crushed by cops. And then you pull them out of the neighborhoods and they all start dying. And then you get upset about that. I mean, one of the funniest things about the whole capital stuff was the, the fact that Nobody there you heard complaining about police. The same people wanted to fund the police now have police going around arresting conservatives everywhere. Same people. But this intersectionality cult, it's a religion. They've replaced religion with the religion of wokeness is going to be the end of the society. Because you think, and the FBI tries to push even though our eyes disagree and tell us differently that there's a bunch of white supremacists and violence coming from conservatives, you keep doing shit like that where people just start losing their jobs because they're white, don't get go to school because they're white. You see how many fucking racists start sprouting up. America's not a racist society. The simple fact that you wrote every rule that whites can't be prejudiced against while you simultaneously quote of the fuck at everything. That's prejudice. That's just prejudice. Most conservatives, most conservative independents, most Americans will crush shit like that. They don't think it's right to treat somebody wrong because of the way they look 
or what sexual organ they put in their fucking mouth to be crude. Nobody really fucking cares. But when you hire and force quotas, they start to care. But I think that's the purpose. The purpose is keep up all this bullshit and get people angry so they can retain power. It all goes together. So, a couple small things and we're out of here. Uh, look back at the top 10 worst television scenes. Number one, cuties. That's that map shit. Two, AG and the Queen. RuPaul drag queen dramatized a little. Let's play this. Let's this. Well, what the pussy dragged in. You have a child? I know you're going to Why? That kid goes to fucking gay strip bars. People think it's great. Transhood, Unitarian truck owner, affirmed four-year-old gender dysphoria. Remember this? Good morning. Today we choose to recognize, honor, love, and celebrate anyone here who would claim their identity publicly as lesbian, We just played it a couple months ago. That is a, that's a child. He's so uncomfortable. It's just wrong. F is for family. Character tells Holy Trinity, fuck all three of you. This was on, uh... Their attack on Christianity is just fucking unbelievable. Filthy Rich, Fox anti-Christian drama, uses baptism to advertise porn site. We, we therefore were buried with him through baptism into death, in order that we too may live a new life. To today, we bury Ginger Sweet. We have a future, Liz. I can see. That's some fucking culty ass fucking shit. The bold type teen drama blames the patriarchy for fear. Seven, I May Destroy You, HBO series shows graphic period sex. Do you remember that? Family Guy, opening scene imagines Trump hanging in prison. Played it on the podcast. All Rise, CBS drama pretends BLM protesters aren't to blame for destruction. Played it on the show. 72nd Emmy Awards, Blackage Star demands Jimmy Kimmel shout Black Lives Matter so Mike Pence can hear. And then finally, because it always goes in our woke, 2020 was the year of big tech becoming eight, just fucking 1984. We have the Hunter Biden suppression. And we won't do it again. Twitter censors Trump and now deletes him. It was 595 times. Once again, you're either for free speech or you're not. They can go up there and lie, write whatever the fuck they want, and it's okay. And we don't have any kickback. We can have every major media Democrat talking about whites or blacks are killed more by cops. All a fucking lie. It's all lies. How the fucking women pay discrepancy is a lie. Three, Candace Owens' Facebook page is demonetized. 
more than that, the Federalist, there was about 10 conservative sites that were demonetized in 2020. YouTube removes COVID video featuring a Trump advisor talking about how much it's bullshit. And now, months later, all of everything that he talked about has been reported in major journals. Facebook demonetized Babylon Bee, a joke site. Twitter removes all incidents of Joe Biden memes. Instagram moves FBI crime statistics and calling them hate speech. The FBI, because it doesn't fit the white people don't get shot by cops concept. YouTube removes video featuring man who reversed his transgender surgery. YouTube suspends and demonetized conservative news site One America News. Instagram bans ads for Senator Marsha Blackburn's children book. And we're in 2020 now. It's just gonna get worse. So this wraps up our very first news and social media nuggets freaking flower politic vidcast. I'm still going to try to find a way to get the little bumpers in with a picture or something. I got, I got to work on it. I have to go to a different program. It won't let me do it. Please feel free to share with your family and friends. Send comments about the track to flyoverpolitik with a K at Outlook. You can get this show and all our podcasts, which we will start doing next week. We're going to go back to this one video and one podcast, but I was having fun with this video thing, so I wanted to take it for a stroll. On uh, SoundCloud, Podcast Static, TuneIn Radio, iTunes, Blueberry, and Sticker, Stitcher. Make sure you check out Fop Tony Reed. I can't put my hand on front of it. Eh, it won't work. Emails there, your Rumble account, which is where I'll start posting these along with YouTube, because YouTube's going to crack down, it's going to go away. And if you want to watch, if you, you want to watch, if you want to share with your friends, just tell them to go to Fop Tony Reed on Twitter and you get the link to YouTube because there's so many letters and digits and bullshit. It's hard to track. I thank you for watching. As I always end my shows, disconnect from all your devices. Don't give the yeah yeahs. Walk away from social media. Just let it go. It's over. You're not going to have Parler. You're not going to have Twitter. You're not going to have Facebook. If you're a non-prog, those aren't for you anymore, and it doesn't really fucking matter. Just go talk to people face-to-face. Talk to your friends. Send emails. Text people. I have my old boss and I have been texted for days. He doesn't agree with what I think. I don't agree with all the things he thinks, but we have a discussion, and it's not being regulated by big tech that just believes everything is about freaking progressivism. I want to end the show on an excerpt from the Google meeting. I talked to about three people over the last couple of days that never even heard of it. And they're more prone to think that this is all just a conspiracy theory, that big tech isn't going to go after conservatives, that it's just some Trumpisms. But this is a short clip that we'll put in. And then over the next couple weeks, I'm going to put portions. It's an hour-long, all-hands video that they did after the election. And we're going to put portions of that video into our podcast or our vidcast to hammer home that this was always the plan. Restricting free speech is how they believe they can win an election because they can't win with their ideas. That's why they don't talk about their policies. They demonize their opposition. Thanks for watching. See you next week. And uh, as we started to see the direction of the voting, 
I reached out to someone close to me who was at the Javits Center where the big celebration was supposed to occur in New York City, someone who had been working on the campaign. And um, I just sent him a note and said, you know, are you okay? It looks like it's going the wrong way. And I got back a very sad short text um, that read, people are leaving, staff is crying, we're going to lose. Uh, that was the first moment I really felt like we were going to lose. And it was this massive, like, kick in the gut that we uh. I think the, the biggest relationship was whether people had really routine jobs um, in, a, in an area, and that correlated highly uh, with Trump's support versus... And I think history teaches us that there are periods of populism, of, of nationalism, that rise up, and we, that's all the reason we need to be in the arena. That's why we have to work so hard to make sure it doesn't turn into a world war or something catastrophic, but instead is a blip. Is a yeah, and I further, I think it's worth really worrying about. I think, you know, and there's, you know, data suggests that boredom led to the rise of fascism and also to the communist revolution. I mean, there are many other factors, too. Uh, a broad issue, I mean, beyond... Uh, Beyond Trump specifically, who I know many of us find very offensive. Speaking yeah. to white men, there's an opportunity for you right now to understand your privilege in the society. Take the opportunity to go through the bias-busting training, read about privilege, read about the real history of oppression in our country, and tomorrow night, watch 13th, the movie that is here. If you can't watch it here, watch it on Netflix. Discuss the issues you are passionate about during Thanksgiving dinner, and don't back down and laugh it off when you hear the voice of oppression speak through metaphors. And I promise to do this. Thank you for listening to Flyover Politic Podcast. Please check out our Twitter account at FopTonyReed and send suggestions or comments to email address F-O-P-P-O-D-C-A-S-T at gmail.com. Remember, the flyover states are the backbone of this country. Never fear flying your flag and standing tall. Ignore the media hate. Ignore the fascist coastal states. Try as they might to bring America down. The patriots of this country will never bow down.